welcome to Deeply Rooted Online, where women encourage women by sharing scripture and stories of God at work. Welcome, friends, back to another episode of Deeply Rooted, where we hope you will learn something or be encouraged in some way to be more rooted in the Word of God and in Jesus Christ. I'm here today with uh, Christina and Esther Shenuda and Esther Jennings. And Esther Jennings is going to wrap up the book of Esther in this final and fourth episode of our Deeply Rooted Devos on Esther. There's a lot of Esthers happening in this series, but we're so glad that you've all joined us. And uh, as we wrap up this series, um, we want to be reminded of the value of trusting God in spite of uncertainty. Uh, We've seen a young girl who endured so much in her short life. She was orphaned, um, exiled into a strange land. Um, She had to learn dependence on God. Her faith was deepened and uh, her loyalty to her people was, was grown. And she matured as a young woman of grace. And so, um, We saw that when she was brought to the palace as the new queen, she never wavered in her devotion to her family and her country and her community. And it became very clear early, early on that she had been placed here for a divine purpose to honor her heritage and her God while saving her people from annihilation by a wicked tyrant. We saw Mordecai be promoted to a place of power in the king's circle in an ironic twist of justice after the wickedness of Haman. I think when Martha left off, um, Esther had invited them to a feast where she was going to plead for her people, and she succeeded in winning the favor of the king. And then after that, Mordecai was actually promoted. Esther 8.15 says... Then Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal robes of blue and white with a great golden crown and a robe of fine linen and purple. And the city of Susa shouted and rejoiced. The Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. What a switch from where they had been not long prior. And then if you turn over to Esther 9 and verse 1, it says, On the very day when the enemies of the Jews hoped to gain the mastery over them, the reverse occurred. The Jews gained mastery over those who hated them. In verse uh, 24, it says, For Haman, the enemy of all the Jews, had plotted against the Jews to destroy them and had cast poor, that is, cast lots to crush and destroy them. Therefore, they called these days Purim. Wow, what a twist. Um, God's fingerprints were all over this story. And as Martha mentioned, his name is never mentioned in this book. But now the enemy of the Jews had been uh, defeated and all the Jews were able to breathe a sigh of relief. So we see in these verses that God's people were filled with joy and gladness. And then in verse 9 and 26, that Queen Esther and Mordecai, um, let's look at that. Verse 9, chapter 9, verse 26 says, 
Therefore, they called these days Purim. So Esther and Mordecai established an annual feast called Purim. The uh, the joy and the rejoicing of the Jews was a celebration like none other. They had escaped being annihilated. And so Esther and Mordecai established a feast, an annual feast called Purim, because they wanted to celebrate the rescue of the Jews from this wicked man, Haman. And so um, they established that. And every year from then on, the Feast of Purim in the Jewish community is celebrated in the month of March. Even to today, um, they dress up, they feast, they read the book of Esther, and they celebrate and honor the rescue of uh, from Haman. And so I, I just find it very interesting that at this time, while we are in this particular book, talking about the oppression of the Jews, that currently today, our world is seeing this replayed. And um, I just wonder um, how this reminds you, my friends, about the current crisis that we're in. And what do you think God is up to when he allows the Jewish nation to suffer? Well, I think it's probably impossible for us to know exactly why the Jewish nation is under attack right now and is going through so much horrific suffering. But what we do know is that um, God allowed his own, his one and only son, who he loved, to go through significant horrific suffering mm. to accomplish his plan. Mm -hmm. So we can know that the suffering that God allows is always a part of his plan. And it never, never diminishes how much he loves us or how much in this case he loves the nation of Israel. It's part of a bigger story that we will never understand this side of heaven. Absolutely. And I think too, when we suffer, Sometimes we tend to question God's plan and his um, involvement in our suffering and his character and what his plan is for us. Um, but that's such a rich truth, Christina, that he always has our good in mind and he has a bigger picture in, in view. I totally agreed um, with what Christina said. You know, sometimes we can't I love coming back to that verse when I try to understand, you know, why God's doing something in my life or seeing things happening in the world. And, and he says, you know, my ways are not my ways. My thoughts are not, are not your thoughts, just as the heavens are higher than the earth. My ways are higher than your ways. And so there's kind of just this peace in knowing that he is, you know, so much more skillful and so much more intelligent than we are. And so I loved just coming back to that point, Esther, when you were talking about um, Purim and kind of the casting of lots. And I think that in those moments of suffering, when we don't really know why the lots are being casted a certain way, because Hayden, Haman casted his lots against the Jews and he casted them to hurt the Jews and to annihilate the nation. But I love this verse in Proverbs that God actually led me to last night and I just found was so profound. And it said, we may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. Mm. 
in Proverbs 16. And I think that's just what a reminder that like Haman casted his lots and he casted them against the Jews to hurt them. But God determined how they fell. Exactly. And God casted those lots. And, and like you said, he completely flipped the story. And rather than the Jews being oppressed, the Jews actually claimed victory um, time after time over all of their oppressors. Mm-hmm. And so what just what a reassurance that, you know, even when we throw the dice in our own life, that it's that is God determines how they fall. So, so good. You know, I was thinking about that, too. I think it's so ironic that it's the feast is called Purim. It refers to casting lots. And in a way, it's almost a joke. It's like saying, well, is it in the cards? Or we got lucky? Or um, it was meant to be. But really, as Esther Shenouda has just said, God is behind all of these events. So while someone may cast the lot, God is behind it. And I have this verse in Corinthians that I thought of, you know, when times get tough and it maybe looks like God isn't uh, working working things out in a way that we think makes sense, just like you said, Esther, that his thoughts aren't ours. Um, In 1 Corinthians 1, 9, it says, God will do this for he is faithful to do what he says. Mm-hmm. So he's faithful to, to his promises to us. And then I love the next part because I think it applies to Queen Esther. And he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Queen Esther accepted the invitation to work uh, in God's kingdom. And we can apply that to ourselves, even when it doesn't look like things are going right. It's not chance. It's not luck. God is behind it. He's faithful. And he invites us to um, do his work for him by the Holy Spirit, that he empowers us by the Spirit. And what a privilege it is. And I think it, when we come get to heaven and we look back at our story, it's not going to look at all like how it looks to us while we're walking through it. We'll see how God has intervened. I I love all your comments. It, it just reminds me that even when God seems to be absent or he seems to be silent, that he is at work and he's busy in the background orchestrating events for our good. And he always had a plan in Esther's story. He he took her and he used her because she had a willing heart and she was open to being used in that plan for the greater good. And I was thinking what would have happened if she had said no to the beauty contest or to going to the King and requesting that he save her people. Um, And what if she was too afraid of Haman to expose him and she allowed fear to control her? What would have the outcome been? Um, and so that's one more lesson for me for my life too, um, just to trust God in his plan. Um, and so I see that she was inserted into the Jewish history books by God alone. He had a plan and a purpose for her story, and she's never heard again in the Bible. She's never heard of. Um, she was 
for that time and for that purpose. And she willingly followed God's calling on her life. And she trusted that plan, even when she couldn't see what the end would look like. So I, I do have a takeaway. And I want to just refer back to Esther 4 and 14, where that famous verse says, and who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And I just think she had a broken story of pain and loss, but God can use the broken pieces of our story to bless someone else, maybe many, um, and to be used in his bigger picture if we're willing to allow him to take our story and to use it for his glory. Thank you so much for that, Esther. How encouraging for us all. And uh, this story of Queen Esther is such an example. Thanks for joining us at Deeply Rooted today. If God has been speaking to you and you want to connect with someone for prayer, email us at deeplyrooted at myharvestchurch.ca. Be sure to subscribe to this channel to receive notifications when new content is released. And finally, let's stay connected with one another and deeply rooted in Christ.